Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleMics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from the Pittsburgh Airport Terminal, uh, the Concourse A, as I sit here, not near my gate. Well, across from, I am near my gate. I'm not at my gate right now, though. Uh, I'm in a deserted gate that, that doesn't have a flight going to it today or, or not until later tonight. Um, and I am joined by Jesse Collins. Hello. To my east. If he's here. If he's not, he look he looks frozen. Uh I don't know if he's here with us or not. Do you hear do you hear me, Jesse? You're coming in and out, but I do hear you. Okay. Uh so if uh if if I have issues, let me know in the chat and I can connect to my through my phone if, if worse comes to worse. Um but today we will go for as long as I can until my flight, uh, until I have to board my flight, which is around twelve fifteen or so local time. So, but we got about an hour fifteen here to go through uh, a, a number of different things that I wanted to go through. This was a uh, program that was I was thinking the other day was going to mainly involve the business of WWE Payback and the business of AEW All Out, but then CM Punk was fired yesterday. Uh, as I was going for a walk in Pittsburgh, I was trying to uh, visit the Mr. Rogers uh, monument that is you know, across the, the river in, in Pittsburgh. There was there were people having a wedding there, so I couldn't really I couldn't really see it. I think they, they were like getting married right on the monument. Um, so I didn't I, I thought it was probably improper if I went up there and like interjected and joined their party. Um, but then I came back to the hotel and I looked at my phone and I saw that there was a, a whole statement here from AEW that we might as well read in full here, which says statement from all elite wrestling and Tony Khan, all elite wrestling has terminated the wrestler and employment agreements, uh, of CM Punk effective immediately. The termination was confirmed today by Tony Khan, CEO, general manager, and head of creative at AEW. The termination follows a week-long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW All-In in London on Sunday, August 27th. Following the investigation, the AEW Discipline Committee met and later convened with outside legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation to Khan that CM Punk be terminated with cause. Khan offered the following statement. Quote, Phil played an important role within AEW, and I thank him for his contributions. The termination of his AEW contracts with cause is ultimately my decision and mine alone. Of course, I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to many. Oh, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to, to many of our fans. Nevertheless, I am making the decision in the best interests of the many amazing people who make AEW possible every week. Our talent, staff, venue operators, and many others who whose efforts are unsung, but essentially to bringing, to bringing our fans 
great shows on television and at arenas and stadiums throughout the world. So a confirmation there that Punk is not only a independent contractor with AEW, not only a wrestler, but also an employee, which is something I suspected and probably played a role into the urgency to let him go. Um, I would think there's there's some sort of legal liability that is increased by having him be an employee in addition to uh, an independent contractor who's getting into physical conflicts with people uh, on the job more than once. So Jesse has, uh, has left. I think he's going to come back soon, though. Um, and that led to a collision opening with a statement from Tony addressing the TV audience, which I think was important. And, um, and then actually before the show, I learned as I was sitting uh, in PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh watching uh, WWE Payback, uh, I learned that he, was, he gave a pre-show speech where he uh, took a lot of heat from the fans, uh, was heavily booed uh, at times, and uh, said that his life was in danger, which got him a lot of heat, um, but uh, sat down in a chair even at one point as, as he was being booed. He brought the chair with him, though, apparently. Uh, have you seen this video, Jesse? Of um, there's Obviously, there's a number of different vi- versions of it from fans. Um, feels kind of appropriate that it's sort of a wash in this red light uh have have you seen this is jesse with us he's muted himself well anyway um it's not clear if jack perry um is still being disciplined it's not clear if he's uh being suspended as has been reported aw has not confirmed that uh, jack perry has been suspended um but we, we don't know what, what what the deal is there. I think there's a lot of interesting questions that will hopefully be raised, hopefully be answered, have my doubts that they'll be answered tonight um, at the AEW All Out post-show press conference in terms of in, including non-competes. Does CM Punk have a non-compete period that's going to keep him from working for another wrestling company, let's say for 90 days, whatever it might be, or are the 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 terms of this termination, does that allow him to be free immediately and appear with WWE perhaps as soon as Monday? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, but are you with us now, Jesse? Brent, Brennan, can you hear me okay? I can hear you well. Okay. Do you hear an echo at all? No, you're fine. Ah, people speculating that you're in silent protest. Did I? Uh, yeah, you guys because... didn't hear that I accidentally just played like loud music, right? No, we didn't hear that. I didn't. All right, hear that would have been that would have been pretty good because when you like Jesse, you asked me a question and then like I tried to press a button and I ended up playing uh, "Since You've Been Gone" by Rainbow, uh, and that would have been pretty humorous if it just started playing that right now. Oh, yeah, totally, totally by accident. Um, no, we didn't but, hear uh, any of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I saw the video. Um, I it was it's it was I I think I, the Denise Salcedo's video was the one that I saw um and it, it it's somewhat difficult to make out what he's saying because she's in the audience and people are booing and cheering and making all this noise but it sounded very similar to the statement that he uh said before collision that was taped for a broadcast which was essentially you know he feared for his yeah. life and it was a very difficult decision and um t- from what I could get from the statement it seemed like Tony was very, very upset that 
like production people were put at risk and the people that aren't wrestlers. And I think there's a distinction there in terms of wrestlers getting into a fight like CM Punk did with, you know, the Young Bucks or CM Punk did with Jack Perry versus a fight spilling over into production area and putting your um, production team, potentially union protected production team um, at physical risk. Uh, not to mention Tony himself. Um, and that seemed to be, a, from what, just from his statements, that seemed like a pretty significant line that I think this was crossed um, in addition to other things. Yeah, I, I think you have the issue of this is obviously his at least second fight and um, and the employee thing. I mean, like, imagine if, you know, uh, there's an employee someday or there's there's somebody working for AW who gets injured on the job having nothing to do with a fight or something like that. I mean, maybe there's some sort of legal liability that's enhanced because of these incidents where you say, well, look, you clearly didn't care about the safety of your work environment when you had Phil Brooks and Jack Perry tumbling over each other into, into production equipment, which is seems to be what has been reported. Um, by the way, this is the free, the, this is the first of the month free edition of WrestleNomics Radio that is always free on the first episode of each month because it is early September here. Uh, every other week it is exclusive for subscribers at uh, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics um, where you get not only the weekly WrestleNomics Radio podcast in both video and audio form, the only way to get it every week in both video and audio, uh, as well as my TV ratings reports, core hour reports, news updates, the viewership spreadsheet, the monthly reports that are coming out early this month. Uh, the merchandise report is already out, which we'll talk about in a moment. We'll touch on it uh, and the slides to this podcast. Uh, we are accepting super chats today too. If you want to put a super chat in, into the chat, we will address your question uh, on air before I board my flight. Um, so what else here? I guess we, we can go over some uh, some notes. I mean, Early earlier in the week, uh, there was a media call second second week in a row because we have a second uh, AEW pay per view show in, in a row week to week here. So there's a media call again, and he said that he would have he would hope to have an answer. He said he told me it was his goal to have an answer, uh, whether or not Punk was going to be on the pay per view, and uh, you know, I give AEW credit for that that he did have an answer even before uh, Collision aired. So. But better than uh, better than than waiting till Sunday even, um. So, yeah, and, well, and the way he, had, the way he anyway. answered the question in the presser, uh, the press call, kind of made it seem like okay, is he leaving the door open for like a surprise CM Punk appearance? Um, this right. weekend, I was really surprised that he made it sound as possible as he did that. Well, Punk could Punk could still appear. You you came away listening to his comments and thinking that oh, it's a possibility that Punk is going to be on the pay per view on Sunday. Yeah, and it's the wrestling industry where that stuff would happen all the time. So, um, that's what I thought. So it was pretty surprising to me that he, um, really got out in front of it. You know, as before they taped anything in front of the the, the Chicago crowd on Saturday night. He came out and said basically like, you know, they had the press release a few hours before and he came out and he addressed the crowd directly, which is a very, I would describe as an unusual move. I don't know if we've ever seen a wrestling promoter kind of come out before a show, like a formally kind of address a controversy in front of the crowd. Um, but we do see Tony Khan come out in, in front of a live crowd every show. Right. But he's usually like the hype guy, you know, tell, talk, telling, oh, we're so happy to be in, you know, City X. We've got a great card tonight. You know, this was 
very different. He sat down in a chair and he gave like a you know five and a half minute speech about why he fired CM Punk, which again I don't think I've ever seen a wrestling promoter really do before. Um, I think the you know what was the what was the main criticism about Tony, um, really overall, but specifically related to the multiple controversies surrounding CM Punk and the elite and CM Punk and Jack Perry now. And it, that, that controversy, that the main controversy was Tony needs to be a leader. Tony needs to take control of the situation. He hasn't addressed the key issues. Um, and you could still make that case that he didn't do those things. And that's what led to CM Punk eventually being terminated. But at least in this case, uh, it seems like Tony took pretty swift action all things considered, given that the incident took place, uh, you know, six days before Punk was fired. And not only did he do that, but he went in front of the audience and told, you know, probably a, a lot, a pretty disappointed Chicago crowd, Sam Punk's fired from the company. Not just that he's not going to be here tonight, he's fired. Um, and I had to fire him because, <laughs> you know, he put people's, you know, safety at risk. And I think that this is... Um, I don't know, perhaps a turning point for Tony's leadership, or at least the perception of Tony's leadership, because I think this took a lot of, um, took a lot of leadership, uh, uh, and it took a lot of balls to go out and do that. I think he, uh, even in the, um, you know, in his comments, he said, you know, we had a review team and a committee look at this, but ultimately the decision is mine and mine alone. He didn't, hide behind like an investigation or someone doing that he said i did it i fired cm punk um which is something that a lot of people thought that he would never do um did, but i think um, clear I, I think clearly I, I had the, the... sorry i think clearly on sunday i think clearly my take on is this is whatever happened on sunday like cm punk was gone and it just took them a few days to complete an investigation, work with the legal team, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's in terms of making sure this thing was 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 airtight before they announced it. But I think probably after after Sunday, perhaps immediately after the incident, Tony made the decision like CM Punk has to be. It's over. I mean, I, in terms of any other promoter doing something like this, I, as I said last night uh, on post, I, I would think maybe part of what he's thinking is, you know, this is what, what would Paul Heyman do if this was happening in ECW, that Paul Heyman would go out in front of the crowd in his trench coat and his baseball cap, and he would, you know, cut a scathing promo and, and rally the troops. I'm, I wonder if that's what he had in mind. Although, as I said, you know, Tony Khan and, and Paul Heyman, two clearly different uh, promos in this situation. Um, would you have yeah, advised well, him to... Do, do this live address obviously i think it's very important that he did it for the, the tv audience that's essential because not everybody's going to necessarily run into this online which was already out there for a couple hours beforehand but it did, did he need to go and 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 it was i mean to some extent certainly uh the the situation that it was in chicago plays a role uh but did he need to go in front of the live audience does that did that help was that a net benefit in the end I made me respect him more, uh, just as a viewer at home. Uh, and I guess I heard from pe multiple people in the building, because um, I, I, I talked to or saw comments from a lot of different people that were at this show, that um, he got booed a ton at first, 
Um, but by the end, he did have some people cheering for him and cheering for, you know, his his speech. And throughout the show of Collision, you know, the on-air product, it didn't seem like the crowd was rowdy and ch- constantly chanting for CM Punk and, you know, overwhelming, you know, segments and wrestling matches and things like that. It seemed like the show went out as far as like the crowd's response to the actual show. Uh, it went, you know, about as as planned, like there wasn't a controversy behind it, which maybe if there is this CM Punk mystery acts hanging over the entire show um, would not be the case. Um, and the fact that Tony gave them an opportunity off air for them to all boo and, and the people that were really upset about it to, to, to boo him and chant CM Punk at him maybe helped salvage, you know, some of the the rest of the show, which I think is a very smart decision. You're right about like Paul Heyman. And, you know, we saw like when Sasha Banks um, and, and Naomi like walked out of WWE, we had like Michael Cole kind of address that on air and kind of like bury them. But to me, that's all kind of like, and even the Paul Heyman stuff is kind of like in storyline, kind of like, we're going to do this to, to, to save our ass and to, 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 to blame someone else. I don't, I guess I guess you could say Tony definitely like blames CM Punk in his in his promo, but I don't I don't I guess I didn't maybe this is naive on my my part, but I, I didn't get a sense of there was like this maliciousness to it, like oh we gotta go out there and bury these people to teach them a lesson. It was more like I have to explain what happens. Um it came across I mean, as more on and, and I think as a vast majority of people agree, what CM Punk did sounds like he was being pretty unprofessional. He was you know, he was, he was in the wrong to at least some extent and maybe some of the people share responsibility for that. But, you know, I think he's, you know, he, he bears a lot of the blame for this. Um, and we can say what we want about Tony's leadership should have preempted this and all that, but, but Punk certainly acted in the wrong. Um, the, yeah, he, he gets booed at times saying things like, um, you know, I feared for my life that that sounds overstated. Obviously I didn't witness the, the, uh, the incident. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the notion that this was also endangering p- production people as well as not just wrestlers uh, this time is a key issue. Um, so I just want to go over some of the, the, the notes that Fightful wrote later in the afternoon. And, and one more thing before that, too. Like, so I watched I was sitting in, the, in my seat in Pittsburgh and I watched his opening pre-tape on Collision, um, which I thought was fine. I think it would have been better if he made it clear that this is not a storyline because we occasionally do see Tony Khan, despite him saying that I'm not, not, not ever going to be an on-screen character. We do see him sometimes. He's certainly referred to in, in name on screen. Uh, and he's been you know, appearing here and there uh, on, on television as, you know, he is clearly the, the authority figure for AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he should have made it very clear. This is not a storyline and just, you know, let's, where it's it's the thing that started the show cold open uh it, it's not within the show it's not in the middle of the show so make it clear this is not a storyline because if i'm a typical wrestling fan and if i'm you know not real clued in i'm not not online uh and and, and maybe i'm kind of a conspiracy theorist I, I could think like was that a work or not like are they about to start some big feud between tony khan and cm punk on tv um that's that's the only thing i would add um yeah well they'll, they'll so always over some of these well, to be fair that there will always be this is a work man crowd and even tony going on screen and saying this is not part of storyline 
the those people are conspiracy theorists, so they will leave. Oh, he only said that because it definitely is a storyline. I don't know if you can ever satisfy those people. Yeah, I, I'm, of course, and I mean even to to that extent, even even beyond that, I think it was you know, um, it was a little bit ambiguous as far as whether or not this was part of the show or whether or not this was something that actually happened in real life that they're not trying to capitalize on in terms of being a storyline. Um, right. I guess we, so anyway, you and I, and, and many of the people listening to the show come with the perspective that we saw the press release before the show. Um, we're yeah, all so smart we were, WrestleNomics listeners. We know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And I, I you know, um, I imagine most fans watching like, 85% of fans watching Collision before they tuned in knew that CM Punk had been fired because it was all over the internet, all over social media. If you follow any wrestling uh, at all on social media, uh, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or or anywhere anywhere else, or you talk to people about it, or you're in a Discord channel or whatever, you knew about the CM Punk news. I imagine most fans watching did. There's a small segment that's not online at all that is tuning into your show that maybe is completely clueless, but I, I just, I, I believe that a, a vast, vast, vast majority of your fans tuning in are at least aware of that. This is, it was not a, a, a tiny news story that yeah. was only on a couple of websites. Yeah. I, I think everybody's online just about, I don't know if everybody's online looking at wrestling stuff, I guess is my thought. Um, so, so Fightful reported after the announcement that Punk is fired uh, came out, uh, Fightful reported that while it was noted that the termination was with cause, thus far we don't know if, if there's severance attached. Um, we don't know if he's going to be able to work for a, a major wrestling company immediately. There are people in WWE who have heat with him, maybe including Paul Vec. That's my uh, addition. Um, most people in WWE that, that Fightful spoke to didn't expect that he was going to be fired. Uh, Tony Khan spoke about the situation before AEW collision, before the live crowd in a manner which uh, had many people questioning things. Um, I think it's notable that they were confiscating CM Punk signs out of the show. I wouldn't do that either. I think now it's probably not going to snowball into, into something, something bigger, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to try to silence people and censor people away from bringing signs. Cause that might only encourage more un- unwanted reaction. Um, yeah, that's, that's, there were some punk signs. There were some punk signs on t- TV on dynamite on Wednesday. Yeah, what did they say? There was one that was one in the front row. I'm trying to remember specifically what it said, but it had something about I forget. It was like related to it said CM Punk, Jack Perry, something like that. I forget. Like uh, it was like Perry fear Punk fears Perry or something like that. It was it was pretty it was pretty basic. I forget I forget specifically what it was, but it was it was on the hard cam side, like to the left of the ring a little bit. You could see it. Um, and- I think, uh, to me, um, I think there's a, uh, you know, being in Chicago this week is, is obviously like an interesting experiment. Um, we know that like after the, the, the elite returned, you know, they returned to dynamite shortly before they were, did like the Thanksgiving show, uh, in, in, in Chicago. And I remember the elite got a lot of heat from the Chicago crowd, but outside of, and I believe Tony was booed in Chicago too. But outside of that, like we didn't see a lot of like pro CM Punk support um, in terms of like him, him 
you know, people cheering for him or booing people outside of his own segments. Like when the elite were outside of Chicago, the elite were cheered as baby faces um, for the most part. Um, does that change now that Punk is, is fired from the company or is this kind of like a Chicago incident? Yeah, uh, being being of, increasingly surrounded here in, in this terminal that I thought was abandoned. Just why am I are? getting here? Yes. Um, a there, is there flight coming? Totally, totally. Deserved. No, no, I'm, 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 there's no flight here till like eight o'clock tonight in this, this, this gate that I'm sitting in. Um, anyway. Um, so this kind of comes, this does come at, a, at an opportune time in terms of TV ratings. Obviously collision was carried by, by punk in terms of him helping that show deliver pretty good TV ratings. Um, they're coming up now. Like, so last night they were going head to head with the WPLE. It'd be interesting to see what the, what the rating is. Um, when we saw collision go head to head with SummerSlam, the collision rating got killed. Um, Payback, not well, last nearly night as big was of a show also, as SummerSlam. Last night was also the first major college football week that they're going head-to-head with. There is a Penn State, West Virginia game. Has, has begun. Yeah. yeah. I, I would think there's going to be a little, little bit of an offsetting factor for collision here. I mean, not, not just the competition in terms of WB will not be as strong as it was for, for SummerSlam. But I think that that news story and people wanted to see how it was going to be dealt with, if at all, on TV is probably going to help that rating a little bit. Uh, but as you said, it's going against college football for the first time in prime time. Um, and it's going to go against college football through December. Um, and that's going to affect its rating. I would guess about 10% or so over what it would be if there wasn't college football there. Um, and the deal with WBD is not done. So what's going to determine and weigh heavily into whether WBD gives them a huge increase, medium increase, small increase is the ratings. And CM Punk was their strongest ratings draw. He was carrying this new additional core content show. He's not going to be around anymore. Um, is it, transform does it transform greatly the value of deal that AEW is going to be able to get I don't know um I don't it's not going to make the difference between like if AEW gets a deal that will make them profitable or not I think even without CM Punk they'll get a big enough deal that will make the company financially sustainable um what is the difference between like a 3x increase and a 4x increase though maybe um so we'll see how collision ratings go and who who carries the show from here out so with collision there was a um i think that since collision has launched aw has done a good job in terms of making collision matter right we've seen major matches on collision it was essentially the exclusive home for some uh, some wrestlers, most notably CM Punk. But even outside of that, you had things like, you know, the Adam Cole and MJF match was on collision and drew a very strong rating. That was the week they did the point two seven. And so I think for the for the few months of data that we have from collision, I think that they've done a good job making collision feel like an important show where stuff of consequence happens, which was the issue with Rampage. Rampage was kind of like this you know, you just threw some random matches on Rampage and that was it. Um, but all major matches, all title matches, all everything to always took place on Dynamite. Collision seemed to have much more of a balance in terms of of um, having stuff that, like, if you were a wrestling fan of AEW, you had to say, geez, I got to tune into Collision this week because they're having some major stuff and there's major storyline development and things like that. Now, I saw that Andrew Zarian um, reported that Warner Bros. Discovery was told that the soft brand split between collision and dynamite 
uh, is is ending, which tells you who that soft brand split split was for. Um, but if I were to, I would argue actually that they should stick with that. I think that um, Collision should be the exclusive home for some of your signature wrestlers. It could be something like you move John Moxley to kind of anchor Collision or Chris Jericho, or maybe those guys are not as big stars as CM Punk, but by putting them on Collision and having their storylines run through Collision, it ensures that Collision is a show where major stuff happens. And I think that is really key in terms of, I think, keeping Collision relevant and not seeing it slide down to you know, rampage levels of, of, of importance uh, in the pecking order. And losing CM Punk is a huge blow. Obviously, CM Punk got a lot of leeway in AEW because he was a major star that could impact business. Um, and obviously, you know, with him gone, uh, that that does hurt Collision. And it's coming at a time where college football competition is going to ramp up, which is something we knew was going to hurt Collision. Everyone knew that, whether Punk was there or not. It was something that was immediately talked about as soon as the time slot was announced. Um, but I think it's, it's you know, Collision is as important as Tony and AEW wants it to be. Um, you lose CM Punk, sure, but you can still make that show important. You can still put major stars on that show. You can still have major matches on that show. It's totally up to you. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Um, you're just down one how, big how, star. How disappointed, how disappointed is, uh, we all know who, who his favorite wrestler is. How, how disappointed is David Zasloff right now that he doesn't have one Bill Phil anymore? I mean, he doesn't have to pay him a billion dollars. Uh but look, I mean, and well, that sure was Tony right, a billion dollars, <laughs> right? This is kind of this is kind of conspiracy theory time. But um, I, 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 I'm kidding. Like, I don't want people to no, think. No, that, I want to bring up. I, right. I'm just I'm, I'm just bringing up like we know, you know, it was discussed, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery. Did they have a hand in bringing CM Punk back to AEW? Were they how hands on were they in terms of making making sure Punk could come back to AEW, making sure that Punk would have his own play space on, on AW. How, how involved is Warner Brothers Discovery really in terms of, of Punk being in AEW? Um, the fact that Punk was fired after six, six days after an incident makes me think that maybe they don't care as much as, uh, as maybe some people previously believed. Um, you know, Tony said it was his decision and his alone. You know, it wasn't David Zasloff's decision to, to let, to let CM Punk go. Um, and I think uh, cl- clearly, I think Warner Bros. Discovery trusts Tony to run his wrestling company and to make decisions. I don't, I don't know how involved they would be in this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a big deal that he's out. It, it's not Hulk Hogan WWF in the nine in the eighties, as big as that would be if 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 all the economics were the same uh, in in that situation and, in the eighties. And there's this whole thing now. We don't. I don't know how much like evidence we have that can really support this point because, you know, he was only really back for a few months. But you can look at some of the way collision ratings were trending. You can look at some of the the attendance figures, um, especially you know their attendance in Chicago this week, where most people bought their tickets with anticipation of CM Punk would be there. And you could make an argument that the controversy surrounding Punk and Punk's willingness to to alienate himself with at least a portion of the aw fan base you know negatively impacted his drawing ability that the punk in the punk controversies that surrounded aw 
were had a negative impact on AEW. Maybe not to the extent that his star power was a positive impact, but it had. Be, I think since his return, it had become less and less of a clear and obvious net benefit in terms of business for AEW. I think that there were a lot of fans, and I've talked to some of the more casual fans, people that I know in my real life, who are were annoyed with CM Punk and were, I just want this guy to go away because I hate, you know, the, I like the AEW product, but I do not like, you know, all this negative news that was leaking out about it. And this guy just seems like a miserable, you know, SOB. And I don't, it's, it's hurting my enjoyment of a wrestling product. And yeah, I mean, I, I think th- throughout Punk's tenure in, in AEW, he was always the number one attraction for AEW. Um, I think as time went on around the time that he won the title, uh, in what may 2022, the, the novelty factor had pretty much worn out and he, he had leveled off still number one, but had, but had leveled off. And I think, you know, there, what he was about at the same level when he came back to, um, so I think, you know, he's still the number one draw, but not, not, I think there's like this, this big peak that, that was there when he, when he came in, in August, 2021, and they had the hottest period in the history of their business uh, from August through October or so. And it, it's, it's a big mountain to, to walk down from, but you know, that's, you know, that's what it was, I think. Yeah. I mean, if we're t- talking about like CM Punk's legacy in AEW, the, the first dance rampage rating and the, you know, his all out debut with his match against Darby Allen, the 215,000 pay-per-view buys. Um, those are two numbers that AEW is going to, be hard pressed to top, you know, in the, in the coming years of its existence. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the merchandise, I mean, he had a report. merchandise report earlier uh, that I, I what was it two days ago? I think I, I posted this on the first. Um, an estimate, an estimate. Um, as I've scolded people and tried to shame them into into acknowledging that this is an estimate, and when they make their graphics and post stuff on on social media. Um, that this is an estimate of the top sellers lists for, in this case, eight, uh, shop AEW. Uh, and in this month of August, Punk was number one. He was the number one, what I call category. I just take the, the given wrestler stuff and I put it all into one category. Um, the Bull Club Gold shirt apparently still continues to, to sell well. Um, most of the data that I have here is not in that prime CM Punk period. Uh, when he when he first came in, this is starting October 2022. I think I have this stuff and then going on. So he's absent for you know, most of that time. So I, I did think of the question, well, is he the strongest merchandise draw for his entire tenure? I strongly suspect the answer is yes. Uh, I don't have information to, to support that overall though. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, is there a, a an opportunity, I guess, now for, as you know, John Pollock made the point last night, this is not just increase the leverage for outside stars, stars who are not currently with AEW, but who are available, uh, to come into AEW, including Edge, God, we could get Edge and Christian in. Uh, we could have an Edge and Christian versus Hardy Boys match uh, in AEW. Uh, Mercedes Monet uh, and Goldberg's name has always been thrown around. That doesn't certainly doesn't sound like a long term solution. But uh, does that not? It, I think it does. Right, increase the leverage that free agents who are big stars would have. If they want to come to AEW. I would, I would say, like, like obviously there's a logic to, okay, they're down a big star. They need a big star to replace them. Um, I would say the much healthier decision for the company would be, okay, who on our roster now can we elevate up now that there's a lot more TV time available? There's a, there's a, there's a you know, if CM Punk has a 20-minute match in every pay-per-view, someone else can step into to that slot. Um, that, it'd be, that would be my recommendation for this is how we're going to solve a much more long-term situation, not bringing in an, like Goldberg for a match or Edge for a few matches a year or something like that. Uh, Mercedes, to me, is a little bit different. I, I, I imagine she's already has some sort of agreement with AEW. Um, uh, yeah, do you, do you modify that to make it more long-term? I, I don't know if it's... If I'm sure, I'm sure that Tony out. would want... Like, I don't know. I, I guess my take would be that Tony would want Mercedes for as many dates as she's willing to work, Right. Um, if you're not paying CM Punk anymore, that probably frees up your budget somewhat. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, so you could come out, but like it, fr- it frees up your budget. But like, was was that really ever an issue for AEW? Like being able to pay a lot to to to, to entice someone to, to come to your company? They had done they have done that many times already. Like Tony's, you know, Tony has access to a lot of capital, uh, you know, because he's personally so wealthy. So. Uh, I don't necessarily think like, oh, for Pink Punk, I, I don't know, I'll make up a number, $3 million. I don't know if that's more or less than they're making, but if we're not paying Punk $3 million, what does that mean for $3 million for for someone else? It frees up money to to pay your own raise. If, you're, if I'm on the AEW roster and I, my contract is coming up and I say, well, they got a lot more money now because they're not paying CM Punk. And if I'm in the locker room, like this is an opportunity to step up. I don't, there's no CM Punk figure out there on the free market. Um to really replace him you know goldberg might will pop a rating when he shows up edge would pop a rating when he shows up um but long term do those guys have the drawing appeal that cm punk did 
Um, I don't think you could really put Goldberg in like a lengthy, long storyline, like the way CM Punk was involved in feuds with people like, you know, MJF. Um, that 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 you could do with someone like a Bill Goldberg or type or something like that. Those would be very short term uh, games. Um, could could you bring in Dennis Rodman for more dates? Carl Malone is he available? What's he up to? I, I um, don't I don't think Carl Malone should be on a uh, on wherever I was discovery. I I hate to say it, but uh, Car- the mailman has been uh, canceled. Been canceled. Okay, I'm not. I'm not yeah, up on that. yeah. Um, He's one of those people that did something really bad that everyone knew about at the time, and then kind of more recently, people were like, "Oh yeah, Carl Malone's like a major scumbag." Um, so, but I, I I agree. The healthier thing is to elevate stars who you really believe in. I you know it, it reminds me. I think I said this a year ago. In fact, when when Punk appeared to be on the outs at that time, that you look at other other situations in in say all Japan in 1990 where one of your biggest stars, Genichiro Tenru, left to, to go start start up SWS. And that led Baba to to elevate Misawa and, and eventually Kawada and Kobashi. Um, and around the same time, you know, New Japan really invested in the three musketeers who carried them through their hottest period of business, I think, uh, in the 90s. So, yeah, I mean, you could say 1997, 1998, WWF. You know, Bret Hart leaves, Diesel, you know, Diesel and, and Razor Ramon right. leave, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, leaves because of his, his injury. Like, and then who gets elevated? The Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, Mick Foley. Like, um, you know, historically that has presented, there, there are instances where that's presented an opportunity. There have also been instances where the company tries to elevate somebody uh, and it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a major, there's a major opportunity as we see Masao. We'll support that. I need up. an excuse to, to to show this photo of Masao being elevated onto the shoulders of Kawada and Kobashi. I don't like when like I know it's historically accurate, and I do like those those six man tag matches that they had with Jumbo Zaruda and his crew. But I don't like seeing Kawada and Masao working together. Um, the they were um, tag champions together. For, I, I know, for, I know, uh, but, a number of years. But they're, they're, they should be dropping each other on their head. It's what really they should be doing, um, personally. Uh, but, yeah, and so it is. It's a historic opportunity to elevate somebody. And there's a lot of people in AEW's roster that could be elevated. I mean, I thought, did you watch Dynamite this week? What was on Dynamite? The Orange Cassidy, yes, I did. That's some of yeah, it at least. Orange yeah. Cassidy and, and Penta were in the were in the, uh, the main event. But if you watch Dynamite, yes. because of a, a number of issues, what you know, obviously CM Punk and Jack Perry were suspended, um, but also because of travel issues and things like that, there was an illness. They, yeah. Their roster was shorter, and the show to me was refreshing. In they got we had some long singles matches with talent that necessarily doesn't always have singles matches. We got to see some talent that isn't normally featured. Things like Chris Statlander wrestled on Dynamite, which she hasn't been doing, which I think helps the perception of the women's division a lot because she's one of their best wrestlers in that division. Um, you had kind of like um, you know uh, different. It just the show wasn't as hectic because you weren't trying to squeeze in a million segments. And I thought it was a refreshing, good show in terms of how it was paced and what we got to see. Um, and I don't like obviously CM Punk just one guy, but he's also a guy that would you you had to dedicate a lot of TV time towards. Um, and rightfully so, he's a big star. Your big stars need to be on TV. I don't have a a problem with that. But with him gone, 
it does create opportunity for different people to get on screen and to get over. I mean, I think like Orange Cassidy, to use an example, right? Orange Cassidy, I think, has turned into a pretty sizable star for AEW. He has he's on TV a lot. He's obviously a strong merchandise draw. He is basically a legitimate main event talent for AEW. And part of the reason he is a main event talent is because when AEW first started and Dynamite debuted, there was room for him to wrestle more, be in more segments. I mean, he starts off very minor, just appearing here and there, like in five second little flips and that he would have a match here or there and things like that. And eventually snowballed into him becoming like a really significant performer for AEW. And part of me thinks that if Orange Cassidy were to have debuted in AEW in February of 2023, he wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to turn into kind of the star that he has turned into because the opportunity was there because they're trying to fit so many people onto these shows. Um, and with Punk gone, that opens up more TV time. And, you know, obviously you have Collision now, two extra hours, and an hour doesn't have to be dedicated to CM Punk anymore. It creates an opportunity for, for someone to break out in a way that Orange Cassidy did. I think there's a lot of talented people in the AW mid-card that they get more time. Um, probably are not going to turn into a CM Punk level drop, but you could have a lot more people do. You could have a lot them doing a lot more things for you than they're currently doing. Okay, we'll, we'll take a break for a moment for, from um, AEW and CM Punk talk, and we'll, we will resume on an attendance subject in a moment. Uh, but I want to go to um, WWE Payback, which I was present for um, in Pittsburgh, the PPG Paints plural Paints Arena um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, did you did you catch any of this payback, or have you have you heard about what I, happened on payback? I did not watch payback. I was out. at a, I was at a major league soccer game uh, last night. Okay, so you, you you you'll catch up later on your WWE premium live event, though I'm sure. Um, so let's see here. Uh, take I'm intrigued by the main event. Most people said it was weird. It was good. Uh, so you're talking about uh, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, which. Um, the, the crowd was pretty tired. I, I had tweeted um, a few matches before the show was over that the pacing seemed like it was pretty good and that the crowd wasn't didn't feel like it was about to get tired, but it did. And this the show ended at around, I don't know, 11.20 or so. Um, I'm still an advocate for federal leg- legislation that will limit all professional wrestling shows to, let's say, two hours and 45 minutes. I don't think anything needs to be longer than that. Um, but the tickets distributed for this show, most recent WrestleTix count, uh, 12,700. 33. I can tell you from looking around, um, it looked sold out. Um, we'll get to Cinnamon Toast Crunch in a moment, uh, but where's my photo here? Don't have it. Oh, wait, it's over here. Um, so here, here's the photo that I took. Um, you can zoom in. It's on Twitter. I mean, it, it looked very full. Um, only two major levels to this arena um, for people who care about that. I've, I've become very... Uh, I've, I've taken a magnifying glass to arenas lately, so that, that was intriguing to me that there's not like a... There's like a, a 100 set, and then there's like this suite level and which is not it's not a 200 section it's a suite level and then there's this 300 section nonetheless they put nearly 13,000 people into this uh building anyway um so is this the former igloo uh, we did have or is that a different building i don't know that sounds right um you'd have to google it um so we we did have though in terms of business as we know stock analysts have been saying for 
couple years at least, you know, there's a really an opportunity here for WWE to better monetize their advertising and sponsorships. And boy, are they trying. Um, well, they've done the Mountain Dew thing, the pitch black match that didn't go off so well. Uh, the zombies also not received well, but they decided, well, what if we just, you know, plaster a, a logo onto this giant screen? And it was not just on the screen, but it was also on the, the guardrail barriers. And it was on this, um, the ring around around the arena too. This was the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, I guess. Uh, no gimmick, obviously, but there's just branding everywhere for uh, this Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory match. Only that match got this treatment. Um, but that was interesting. Uh, an, an, another instance where I think, you know, WWE has to, uh, they, they, they're never subtle. Um, but maybe they got some good money for this. Maybe they'll, they'll put out a press release and say that they broke their record again for their uh this month's pay-per-view for advertising and sponsorship revenue um well did you ask them that in the post-show pay-per-view that def- uh, post-show pay-per-view presser uh that definitely happened right did you ask them that did you get a chance to well, do that well, well well breaking news there was no post-show presser um as i was standing in line to get pick up my rental car in buffalo i was informed uh, by wwe that there was no post-show presser um which I wasn't like upset about, uh, of course it's, it's disappointing that we don't get to uh, ask some questions. Um, but you know, now had I, they, I, had I, they, had they communicated to you prior that there was going to be a presser or did you just go, go under the assumption that there no, was going to be I a was post not, show when I wasn't told affirmatively that there would be, um, I, I requested media access and I wanted to, you know, I, I told them that I wanted to attend a post-show press conference. If, if one is happening, they provided me with a ticket and I drove to from Buffalo to Pittsburgh, but you know, this was my travel plan is like drive to from Buffalo to Pittsburgh, fly to Chicago. Uh, so I, it wasn't, I wasn't like mad about it. Um, but they did tell me that going forward to expect the press conferences only for mainly the big five, which are WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam and Money in the Bank. I did clarify that that's what the big five meant. Um, and the international pay-per-views. Um, looking around, I mean, where they sat me, I didn't see... It, it's not like they sat me with media, um, which is what at least AEW will often do. This is my first time sitting where where, where WWE actually gave me a ticket. Um, AEW will often sit media together. I saw exactly two wrestling media people who I recognized. Um, one was seated on the floor. Um, I... You know, I don't I don't know that they were having media access to sit on the floor. I doubt it. Um, so I, I wonder if it's just a, a case of this event didn't have a lot of media requesting access here. So I, I wouldn't even be surprised if this is just sort of the exception, if they do happen to have more media requesting access in the future on these sort of B PLEs. Yeah, I mean, I saw a couple of media figures on, on social media that were there. Um, but I mean. Was Mark Madden there? Did you see Mark Madden? I did not see Mark Madden. That's who I'd be on the lookout for, primarily. Um, <laughs> mostly to stay away from him, but I assume he would be in Pittsburgh uh, at a WWE event. Yes, yes. Um, so the, the show itself, uh, it was really hot. And, and you know, in, in the context of CM Punk, it's, this is not a, a, a company that, that screams, wow, we need a, a big star. My, my flight is boarding right now probably wrap the show up soon um but then again you know they'll probably you know they'll probably make me wait in line so people wait waiting in line i'm gonna i'm gonna live dangerously and cut this right up to the minute anyway everyone uh, appreciate how dedicated brandon is to your to the listeners 
That's right. Um, what was I saying? Um, this is not a show that cries out to say, wow, we need star power. We need people who are over because we got some people here who aren't really that over. This is not the case. I mean, you know, the show opens really hot with uh, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, who had a, a really good cage match. I think it was one of the the best WWE women's matches that I can think of. One of the better ones on the, on the, on the higher end. Um, and LA Knight was super over. Maybe the, you know, the match with Miz was nothing special. It was probably too long, but it was, he, was, he was really over. Him winning was really over. Jey Uso being introduced as a surprise as somebody who's joining Raw was, he was, you know, I was, I was surprised at how over he was. It's like he's, you know, the Usos are the Usos, but you take him away. I don't know if he's going to be as over. No, he was super over by himself. Um, and I mean, the main event, by the main event, I think the people were tired. They were still into the match enough. Um, Kiji Muto sat ringside. I saw him being escorted to his seat. Um, that was cool. Uh, it was a pretty good show. John Cena was there. You're, you're, you're. And he was over, of course. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a solid show. I, I could have been shorter. Some of these matches could have been shorter. Uh, Judgment Day and Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane was, was very good. Super hot. Um, Judgment Day is very over. Uh, as well as you know Kevin and Sammy, so that was those are my my quick takeaways from from the yeah I would be I mean obviously obviously the attendance was really strong um, I, I imagine most of those tickets were sold kind of before the card was announced. This was really the first time I think since you know pre WrestleMania that in a show that emphatically felt like a B pay per view in terms of the card construction. Um, right, no Roman Reigns, who's obviously the biggest star in the company. No match for Cody Rhodes, who I would say is probably the second biggest star in the company right. in terms of star power. They're kind of two um, non-match segments in terms of Cena and Miz interacting and the Grayson Waller segment with uh, Cody. Right. Um, but but as far as, as like a, a pay-per-view card, I would say this would be the weakest one since before WrestleMania. It seemed like they've been pretty consistent, you know, having major matches. Yeah, I'd, I'd, on. I'd go further further back than that because Elimination Chamber, which I was there live for, was very strong. And Right. And then Royal Rumble. And, after December or something. And there was no people yeah. in December. Yeah. Anyway, you probably have to go back to like a Saudi event or something. Mm-hmm. So obviously it drew really well. Um you know, we don't we don't get pay-per-view buys anymore, obviously. Those are long gone. But that would be kind of the interesting to see if business was down for this particular event. I would imagine it would have been just based on the lack of, of matches for both Roman and, and, and Cody. But um, obviously from like an attendance perspective and like you said, from like as far as a live crowd reaction, it did not give off the perspective of, of a, sh- a sleepy show that people didn't care about. It seems like everyone was really invested in it. Yeah. I'm just loading up as I see the the line dwindle. I'm going to take this right up to the to the very last moment. Uh, um, but yeah, like CM Punk. So like, let's start real quick. Like CM broadcast if I, if I lead to it. Yeah, like, but like <laughs> yeah, CM Punk and WWE. CM Punk. CM Punk and WWE though, like, I get the sense that what is WWE to gain by CM Punk coming into the company versus what risks he poses? Um, right. It seems to me like but a lot of benefits. Yeah, well, right. Like I think, well, the novelty of seeing CM Punk wrestle for the first time in 10 years has, has worn off. But in WWE, does that novelty return? Certainly would at first, but how long would it last? And my second thing would be, it seems like WWE has no is, is in a spot right now where they feel like they can create their own stars, which they haven't been able to do for a long time. So they're less reliant on a big star like CM Punk coming out. And then 
on top of that, um, the locker room, the whole aspect of that. And are there people in a, in WWE who maybe have a lot of power that really don't like CM Punk? Um, supposedly Cody Rhodes doesn't like CM Punk. Supposedly Kevin Owens doesn't like CM Punk going way back. Um, what does Roman Reigns think about CM Punk? What does Seth Rollins think about CM Punk? Though they're friends with John Moxley, who we know we know what he thinks about CM Punk. Um, Roman thinks he kept him strong. Yeah, if uh, if Roman if CM Punk wants to do do the job to Roman, maybe uh, that's the case. But and, and does does CM Punk even want to wrestle anymore? Yeah. Okay, well, I do have some time. I think I'm going to do it standing here. So we'll go through quickly all of our other topics if we can that that is that's what i'm gonna try to do here uh so i put together some some research on estimated tickets distributed for collision and and dynamite jesse wanted to talk about this and just looking at what's what's collision been doing lately what are the advances looking like ahead um we see a variety of estimates for tickets distributed here for collision accepting the big one at the united center which is the first one and it's between what there's 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 the Regina one that was really low at 2,400, but other than that, it's like 4,000, around 4,000. You know, they did do Lexington at 3,000. Um, if you look at both shows, Dynamite and Collision, over the course of time, my takeaway here is that these look like similar numbers. Um, you, you might have a different read or there's a different question that you wanted to ask here. I, I did do a little bit of market-to-market uh, viewing here that we're probably not going to have time to unpack, but... That's what I did. Um, the slides will be there for um, for subscribers. Um, and I did do what is this the the, the week to week uh, comparison? So just looking at collision versus dynamite together. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, my, my, what I'm really curious to know is if by and now the roster split is over apparently, but by splitting the roster up in adding collision and adding a second series of, of of shows each week and, and, and more touring obviously um does uh did that negatively impact dynamite's ability to sell tickets the fact that dynamite doesn't have some signature stars on the show anymore the fact that fans don't think they're going to get the full AEW roster um each week when dynamite comes to town and obviously that there are more events they might be in the market more frequently if you're running both dynamite and and collision now and kind of does the addition of collision impact negatively impact dynamite's ability to sell tickets? Um, right. I, I would say inconclusive right now. Um, and it's yeah. all going to be, there's going to be so much noise now with the lack of punk. Um, yeah. They're, they're right. And you look final. at like, and, and you look at markets, like um, even like the ones, it seems to be almost like to me, like you look at, you know, which, which week who's ahead of who that whoever's in a better market sells more tickets. Yeah. Like if we just looked at that slide, like that, when when right when when collisions in Chicago, collision sells more tickets, yes, which but is when, why market comparison is important. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to have nearly enough data, like oh, when collision was in town and when dynamite was in town between the two yeah. of them. Yeah, um, we had other slides here. Unfortunately, I need to board this plane before it takes off. So um, we'll catch up on next week for subscribers uh, if, if there's not other huge news that comes down, but I really got to get them on this flight. Um, to everybody for listening, subscribe to patreon.com slash WrestleNomics to listen to our show every week, as well as all of our other stuff that we put out. Um, I'm going to try to get on this plane now. Thanks, Jesse. See ya. <laughs> 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.